And I'm uh, resolving my trauma and losing my whimsy in the forest because <laughs> my my dad yelled at me. I'm Adam. <laughs> and it's our 150th episode. Yeah, I mean, okay. So Why I mean, did yeah. you cover? <laughs> so, okay, on the one hand... Yay! Congrats, Kira. I, I like. I'm happy that we we've done this for 150 episodes. What I mean is it 150 episodes or 150 movies? Um, I mean we've covered 150 movies, maybe a few more because I don't remember if I've counted some of like the award shows and stuff. But okay. yeah, it's number it's, 150 in my this, hard drive. It's number 150. Okay, so but it's canonically 150 <laughs> in terms of movie, like singular movie episodes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure I had it right. Well, I mean, still, that's an accomplishment, and I'm happy we're here and all that stuff. But that being said, um, Kira sent me a pull list of uh, what was it four four movies I want to say. Yeah, I was just like in the car, like frantically going on the Excel <laughs> spreadsheet, or I was like out to dinner or something, and I was just like looking at it. Well, I, yeah. I I asked Sean for his advice and he was I was like, what should we do for the 150th episode? Like, I feel like we need to do something special. And he was like, what's the first movie that you ever covered? And I was like, RV. But you've covered that on Wabam also, right? If I'm remembering correctly. No, I did Night at the Museum on, on Wabam. But um, right. you've <laughs> covered RV somewhere else, though. Right? I have not. No? No. <laughs> oh, I would have made you watch RV again. I really didn't feel like watching RV again, though, so. No, that's fine. Um, No, I mean, so, like, I, yeah, you, you sent me four movies, uh, one of which I immediately out loud in the, in the car with Victoria said, I'm not watching that. Uh, and let you decide. <laughs> Wait, let one. me look back at the list that I sent you. <laughs> I need to figure out. <laughs> I, I think you can probably know by my taste in film which one it is. Um, there is an animated one that I'm fine with watching, but I didn't really feel like it fit the 150th episode. Um, and there was another option, which I think is a legitimately good movie. But I just, it's if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of long, and I didn't feel like Why watching. don't you want to watch New York Minute, Adam? I just, I, I yeah. I just I don't want to watch it. I, I mean I'll watch right. it one day, but I didn't want to watch All it right. someday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you said the fucked up one. Yeah. Okay. So I said the fucked up one because I it's think. Fucked up. So the reason I chose, I technically, I mean, Kira gave me four options and I technically chose it. Um. So the reason why I chose this movie, and the reason why I thought it fit out of the four options you gave me for the 150th episode the best, is because I think. For better or worse, whatever you think about this movie, one thing I think we can all agree on is that in terms of Zillennial canon, we all have a collective trauma with watching this movie at the mm-hmm. same exact age. And uh, I'm reading the book, too, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's was... like it, it just faces like head on like abuse, death, grief. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's poverty. An, oh, <laughs> like, this it's is like just... the. Because, wait, what what grade was I in when this movie came out? I want to say, like, third or fourth grade. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, like, it was, like, end of third grade, teetering into fourth grade. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading the book. And I was, I was like, literally just talking about this with Victoria, like, 20 minutes before we started recording. And, I, and she asked me, she's like, have you read the book? And I was like, yeah, but now I can't remember if I read it before or after the movie. Because mm-hmm. I, I knew, okay, we're just going to get it out of the way first. 
sorry if you've never seen Bridge, Bridge of Terabithia and you just listened to every episode and you haven't seen the movie and you haven't had it spoiled for you somehow, some way. I'm so sorry. Turn it off now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> she gets murked uh, by the rope. And, yeah. uh, she, <laughs> and, uh, like, literally that, like, terrified me as a kid. And, but the thing is, I know that when I went into the movie theater to see this movie, I, yeah. I knew that going into it. But I can't remember if I knew that because I had read the book before seeing the movie or if, like, a kid at school just spoiled it. Like, I can't remember which it was. But I do know that I read the book at some point in my life. I know it was around the time the movie came out. Um, and then I saw the movie with my mom and my mom's friend and her son. And we just went together to go see it. And I remember my mom was like, she didn't know anything about the movie. Like, she just thought it was like mm-hmm. um, Narnia, like one of those type beats, right? Which, that's the main thing that I want to talk about at the start, is the marketing for this movie is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember any of the marketing for this movie? Okay. No. Um, <clears throat> For for listeners, Kira shook her head no. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I was burping. Uh, for context, I'm drinking a very spicy ginger beer, and it's messing me up. Um, the marketing, not to jump ahead, the marketing that I do remember are the tie-in songs and music videos that yeah. were, like, original to this movie. <clears throat> because I don't know how, but I knew every single fucking word to these songs. Didn't Anna Sophia Robb have a song on this? Yes. Yeah, okay. Keep your mind wide open. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. That's not the first one I played. <laughs> and it was, like, the... it was like playing on the TV at some yeah. point when they were like sitting watching TV. And what? then I think it's Miley Cyrus, the other one. Uh, Let me, I have the Wikipedia page. I, I Turn to You. Is that Maybe. what it's called? Is there a soundtrack section? Um, oh, there is. There's, um, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm not. That's, where is it? But yeah. I, like, that song yep, yep. goes fucking I, hard. I learned from you, from Miley Cyrus. Yes, um, that song goes hard. Right. Even though it, sell, it, it sounds like a Christian rock song, like, it's still, like, that goes hard. So on the, okay, we have Everlife, Miley Cyrus, Hayden Panettiere, Anna Sophia Robb, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler yeah. James. Uh, like, there's, okay. I mean, yeah, the, the, the soundtrack is kicking. Um, there, okay, if you want to know how bad the soundtrack is kicking, the soundtrack has its own Wikipedia page. That's why I couldn't find it. <laughs> so that will, that will yeah. tell you a lot about it. Um, when it comes to the marketing, I mean, yeah. Like, the, I remember the soundtrack. Like, that's one of those um, soundtracks that was, like, uh, like, you know, in between, like, ad breaks on Disney Channel? Mm-hmm. Um, like they would have like the music video for it in between. There's like this is a movie surfers ass movie. Like they were like talking about it on, on movie surfers all the time. Um, I bless you, Kira. Um, Thank you. I, <laughs> I need to stop drinking this. <laughs> yeah, just put it away. Um, Sorry. I think uh, I was I was about to say there was a happy meal tie-in with this movie, but I had to. I looked back and there was not. There was not a happy meal tie-in. Really? I feel like I remember there being, like, little, like, gremlins. Yeah, like, I thought there was, but I <laughs> guess I, uh, maybe it's, like, one of those Mandela effects, the Bernstein Bears thing, where you have, like, yeah. those false memories. Um, uh, but, okay, but when I say, when I bring up the marketing, the thing that I specifically mean about the marketing with this movie mm-hmm. is the fact that this is very much a post-Narnia movie. Yes. This movie, Narnia came out December 2005, if 
memory serves me correctly. This was like mm -hmm. February 2007. So this was very like fresh off of Narnia. And the trailers for this movie started playing like summer 2006, like fall 2006. You know what I mean? Like they started playing in front of every kid's movie. Because I remember like going to see Cars, right? I remember mm -hmm. going to see like Garfield 2. Like I remember going to see like uh, Night at the Museum and the trailer for this play. You know what I mean? And all mm -hmm. the trailers for this movie, they did not show anything about the drama they did not show anything about like the adult themes it was all like making you think that this was a fantasy movie and i think that is like borderline irresponsible i think that is like i think that people could have sued i think there were like attempts i i'm not for sure about <laughs> that but like and like I, I i'm not saying that as like a person who is a personally offended or b one of those fam like I, my mom wasn't like upset about it but she was mm -hmm. like very taken aback when we watched it she was like whoa 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 like hey she's like i didn't think i'd have to talk have a talk today <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah and yeah i mean i just i remember that being so vivid about this movie like the marketing like the way disney channel advertised it was so like it's so fantastical and so like you know um but I remember, like, there was, like, a kind of a, at least here in Central Florida, like, I remember, like, news, like, uh, segments about, like, before you go to the theater, know this about this movie, right? Like, yeah. I remember, like, there was a little bit, I don't want to say pushback against it, but kind of, like, an advisory. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's funny um, because I, how do I put this delicately? Um, this movie, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, does not hold up very well um upon this rewatch i think it is devastating when you're like nine years old and you're like this is yeah. the saddest movie of all time and then you carry that memory with you for so much of your life and you're just like well if i ever rewatch that that's gonna make me cry so you never mm -hmm. uh go to rewatch it because you have that thought in your mind but then you finally rewatch it one day because you have a podcast that's about this very topic. And and then you realize, oh, it's just kind of, um, dare I say, manipulative and uh, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think it holds up very well. I think it's a little too wishy-washy sappy for my taste. I will say I did cry at one point. Um. Just like when her dad was like, she really loved you, you know. I don't know why. I just started crying. It was also like two yeah. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but then I immediately I wiped those tears because this movie's stupid. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. Okay, it's the same issue that I have uh, when we watch Peter Pan. I can't deal with some whimsical things. Yeah, I um, that, I have the opposite thing with this movie. I don't think it's too whimsical. I think that stuff is like fine in this movie. It's borderline absent at times. Like I think, mm -hmm. um, in fact, I think in terms of like balancing everything, I think it like balances all that stuff um pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just kind of. I don't know. I just don't think it like the material necessarily translates very well to the screenplay. Like it's just kind of like one of those situations where it's kind of like how I feel like John Green books could have been 
adapted yeah. where I actually think they're like we talked about this on the pod before but I think it's a miracle that every John Green adaptation hasn't been an outright disaster now you can think whatever you mm-hmm. want about those movies if you think they're mediocre fine but I think we can all agree that those movies are like terrible I don't think like and they and if you read those books they so easily could be they could be awful so easily if you adapt them um but they're okay like I think they're all like decent movies and shows looking for Alaska um but this is like one of those situations where I feel like the book is very straightforward and the movie does not take the opportunity to like iron out the narrative. It doesn't take the opportunity to like flesh it out. It's just, it feels like it's just doing like beat for beat adaptation without incorporating any of like the nuance or like the inner turmoil that you hear like from his head in his POV in the mm-hmm. book. Um, like you just kind of, outright like everything every scene feels like it's chicken noodle soup for the soul you know what i mean it's like here's a life lesson in every scene and i'm like no how about you just like, let you... them feel like characters i don't know you got zoe deschanel with a fucking acoustic guitar like she's like the lady from miranda sing so, like... i was okay i was gonna make that joke but i didn't know if i was allowed to do that um i yeah, make that joke it's fine okay. i feel like miranda sings is like just on the cusp of like zillennial did you also forget your to do your be real i did forget to do my b-reel thank you we both took b-reels of each other six hours late at the exact same time um um yeah uh miranda sings is like on the cusp of i think zillennial and gen z so we can make that joke here i think everyone knows what's going on yeah Um, but yeah zoe deschanel um is here for some reason crosses some boundaries uh literally like basically kidnaps <laughs> a child and brings him to a museum i um i thought that was really silly in the movie because and i'll say this even as a kid even as a kid i remember that being really weird to me because i was in my head i was like can teachers do that I was like, can they just, like, pick you up from, no, from your house? No, no they can't. You, they literally can't. Like, imagine if that scene happened. And I hate to be, like, be that guy. But sometimes it's fun to be that guy. Imagine <laughs> if, if it was about Anne Sophia's Rob's character and the music teacher was a guy. Mm. And he, like, picked her up from school or from, from her home. Like, imagine. Uh, like, yeah. it would be, like, like, I'm not saying it's already not weird, but you get what I mean. Like... It's, Where the fuck is this supposed to take place is what I'm trying to figure out. Is it because in modern day I guess it is kind of no, um, like modern where? day as in two thousand seven. Okay. Lark? No, I know. Um where is so like that? Texas? Is it? I don't know. Nobody really has accents except for that weird bus driver that has a NASCAR hat that's like, come on, kids. All right, okay, kids. We'll say it's kinda, I, I can't believe he had Virginia. Virginia. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Although they filmed it in New Zealand. Oh, of course they did. Um, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, can I, just like... Let me read this through. This is kind of crazy. Production began in February, and apparently, I don't know how, there's a $25 million budget for this movie, and um, uh, principal, uh, like principal photography was shot uh, in 60 days. Um, the film yeah. was finished barely in november 2006 and they had to rush to meet the february 16th deadline so they finished shooting or they finished the movie it was picture locked right Mm -hmm. before release so i did not realize this was like one of those productions yeah that's so crazy um yeah i mean i think 
I think one also like point about this movie is so like I I hate to be this guy. I don't buy their like friendship. Like I don't really think it works very well in the movie. Um I don't and like you could also argue that that's maybe like the point is that like he doesn't value her while he has her and he's mm-hmm. kind of like an asshole. But also like <clears throat> the movie doesn't like go the extra mile to like show I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's just, it's so messy. Like, I feel like the delivery of it's so clumsy. Like, everything it's trying to do with that, like, it's like, okay, you can make the point that, like, oh, he didn't value her. But, like, there's also, like, the idea that, you know, he has so much going on, so he's kind of valid. But, like, I, I, like, you never really get a peek into how he's feeling. Like, you never get a moment where you get to have his, like, inner thought. And yeah. you're just kind of, I, mean, I don't think he's bad in this movie at all. I think Josh Hutcherson is actually doing a pretty, he's, he's giving a good child performance in this movie. Yeah. It's Josh Hutcherson from um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Um, he's very Zillennial King. Very Zillennial. Uh, he's very, very. Like one of the most Zillennial people that we have. Yeah. He was, when I, um. When I was a kid and I read all the Percy Jackson books, like my mental image of Percy Jackson was Josh Hutcherson when I was reading it. And I was like, I remember when Logan Lurgman was like cast, I was like very upset about it. Um, I was like, that's not who I wanted. And (laughs) I can't even remember who I thought about it for everyone else, but I just distinctly remember like reading Percy Jackson and thinking or uh, Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, um, I feel like him and it, Logan Lerman have the same kind of, like, vibe, you know? Basically, yeah. Yeah, there's just something about uh, Josh Hutcherson that I, and I think it's kind of exemplified here. He has, like, kind of a scrappiness to him that mm-hmm. I think, like, Percy Jackson also, like, kind of, like, inhabits, like, because he's, like, a very, like, troubled kid, like, school-to-school kind of thing. So, like, whenever, and I think I've read Percy Jackson, like, a year or two after this came out. So, mm-hmm. like, he was, like, very fresh in my mind. You know, like I had like this young version of Josh Hutcherson in my head uh, when I was reading that book. Um, but yeah, anyways, so I I don't know. So like, where do I even begin? Like it. <laughs> so, I mean, it starts with like, of course, it, he's having a ton of issues. His family is poor and they like can't afford to give him shoes. So they make him wear girl shoes um, which is like a very typical millennial trope um, of like not even necessarily like shoes, but just like you have to like use a girl thing because your family's yeah. poor. Yeah. Like remember Big Fat Liar at the beginning where he has to like ride the uh, the girl bike. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's like a situation. Yeah. Then Marty Wolf runs it over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just like I mean within five minutes you already get that trope and I like. As I was watching it, I was like, oh, we're, we're in it. Okay. Um, although I did thought, I thought like the little bit of him, like trying to like Sharpie them all black was like kind of funny. Um, a nice like character detail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and then, you know, it, you, you know, you're really in for it when he's just sitting in the class and like the kids are picking on him and then the principal comes in with the class. I'd like you to meet the new girl. And she's literally wearing... like like class. I'd like you to meet the new girl. Is so Zillennial canon. So Zillennial canon. We have a new student today. That's so Zillennial yeah. canon. Yeah, it's either the love interest for the main character or it is the main character. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, remember, I remember, like, the maybe the first time we ever covered an example of this was Hoot. Yes. And he's like, that was like our second episode. Because, well, I remember <laughs> Jimmy Buffett is like the teacher in that scene. And like, he brings Logan Lerman and he's like, Where are you from? And he's like, Montana. And then you hear a bunch <laughs> of kids go, Montana? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it sets the tone like immediately. This is super lineal. It has all the tropes. It gets like 10 out of the way from the moment it starts. Like the weirdly passive aggressive dad, the annoying sisters, the hand me down yeah. stuff, the new girl. Like it has so much. The, the bullies on the bus. I mean, oh my God. Like you're just like bombarded with like every trope you've ever seen mm-hmm. the moment this movie starts. Um, <laughs> um, also, like I think another like interesting like part of this movie is how like generic she is as a character. Yeah. Uh, very manic pixie dream girl. Um, yeah. In that way. Manic uh, pixie dream child. Yeah. 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 And this, well, I just mean in the sense that like, it just feels like an adult's interpretation of what like a quirky girl is. Yeah. Um, because like, she doesn't watch TV. She's like, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't play with Barbie. There's, she doesn't like, yeah. There's so much like layering of clothes too. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, you're like you're in the heat. Like just yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, she's running. Like she is sprinting. And she's yeah. wearing like five outfits layered on top of each other. You know like her ass could not beat any of them and they had to like go a second time to film it because they were like, Okay guys, go slower so she can go faster. Because yeah. she's like she's wearing like jeans to like with the... a skirt over it. It's ridiculous. Like it's yeah. like it's like that meme. It's like don't mind me. I'm just trying not to fit in. Like <laughs> I <don't... laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's really silly because I I love the trope of like when you have to explain the fact that your side character, your main character, is not normal. You just give them the explanation that their parents are writers, yeah. and then that's it. Go oh okay, so they're just stupid. Like they're weird. Okay, cool. It's, like it's really <laughs> weird because like. They're like, oh, like, they're writers. And he's like, oh, that's why it's so imaginative. That Like, that's why you're so imaginative. And mm-hmm. it's really cool that they work from home because that means that you get to hang out with them, like, a lot. And then she, like, kind of, like, alludes to the fact that, like, her parents, like, don't pay attention to her. Mm-hmm. But then, like, he goes and, like, hangs out with her and her and her parents are, like, besties. Yeah, that's what I was kind of confused like, by. There's, like, no character development for her like whatsoever yeah that's why i don't think the like emotional crux of the movie works because she never becomes like an actual character at any point and i mean i haven't read the book since i was a child so i cannot tell you if the book is better or not um i'm hoping you know it does i'm sure it has a claim for a reason um Mm -hmm. but then again this movie has like an 85 percent around tomatoes so maybe we're just in the minority on this one like i don't know maybe we just suck maybe Maybe we we have bad taste um but no i think that's a very valid critique of this movie though is that it's hard to like emotionally invest in a character or a situation when it doesn't feel like they're giving any proper development or even just like consistency because like you said like the whole parent thing like there there there's an an allusion to sadness uh, an alluding to sadness and it doesn't Mm -hmm. really like go anywhere it doesn't like prompt any sort of discussion or investigation of that at all um the only thing that i found interesting and i don't know if i'm reading too much into it 
does it imply at the very end that the mom and the dad are separated? Because Maybe. Because the mom isn't in the moving truck. That's what I was wondering. Because I um I I mean I guess it's possible that they just like I mean I don't know I I was just like kind of like oh where's the mom at um yeah because it's just the dad and the dog like I was very confused yeah. by what's happening like did I like miss a scene like did I like no okay so like yeah it's just weird because I mean if that's what they're trying to imply that's that's really fucking dark I mean it's really sad like yeah. which I guess I guess that fits into the rest of the movie but um okay. I don't I don't really care but like it's <laughs> yeah I think uh, like I I liked her parents um they were in it for maybe like five minutes and uh like other than that like the dad had like five lines maybe mm-hmm. but like yeah I don't know like I always think it's like fun when there are like movie parents that like dance around and like they painted that room so shitty like that was like yeah. the worst paint job I've ever seen in my life but See, also that's like a like a core memory like reading that and being like wow the room was gold and like glowing <laughs> yeah I was thinking that while I was watching it because like um he was like it was so funny because like Josh Hutcherson's like doing the worst paint job we've ever seen and then... no he was the only one that was doing a good job oh okay. he was the only one that was like painting straight lines the rest of them were just like scribbling all over the wall well I thought it was like, so that's stupid. gonna dry like shit I thought it was so stupid when they were like doing like circles and I was like what are you like yeah that's not how you paint like what are you talking about yeah um and then like I like when it cuts to like the finished product I'm like okay I'm like it would not turn out like that if that's how you paint it <laughs> Like I wonder how Especially many Especially like a metallic paint that's like yeah. not properly mixed. <laughs> like so stupid. Like I not to like be all sentiment sense about this movie, but like there's just like little parts of it that like irked me. Um where I just thought like it was just like oh like I just I hate that. Like I it just yeah. bugs me so much. Um I also thought like the portrayal of like bullying in this movie was like very like stupid. Um, the way it kind of is like, I don't know, like everything like with the the troll girl is like. Oh my god, they really turned her into a troll. Yeah, I thought that was like really silly. Like I, I don't know, and like it's, I, I like I thought it was kind of like, okay, I don't know if you like agree with this or like have this memory, but in my head, I remember her being in the ending of this movie. I do not remember him taking the little sister to the forest i in my head i remember him taking that girl to the forest i feel like yeah yeah like i, I that's how i remember the ending of this did movie. that happen in the book maybe i don't know but that's how like I. like rem- he like became friends with her and like made amends with like yeah 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 and i because i i always thought that like in my head it was like okay he takes her there because it's what um uh whatever her fucking name is would have wanted uh, because Leslie. she was trying to make, yeah, Leslie would have wanted because she would have, she's already making the effort to like reach out to her. But I thought it was so stupid when she reached out to her because it's like, you guys are the ones to like make her cry in the first place. Cause it's, so it's just kind of like, like it just all feels like so clumsily like, yeah, executed in that sense. Um, yeah, the like the CGI for like the troll version of her is like the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, it's, mm-hmm. 
really silly. Um, who is that actress? Do we know her? I feel like she's I have no in- idea. Let me see. She looks like everyone in this movie has like such specific like I don't know Lauren Clinton. Okay, let's see. Um, I do not. Everyone think has like a very like specific face. If that makes yeah. sense. Like no one looks like a generic person. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I think I might have found her Instagram. I don't think we know her. Uh, I I don't know why she looks like vaguely familiar to me, but that I is think... not her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we know her because I was looking at her IMDb and it didn't. There's nothing in there that like rang other than this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, it does have a pretty packed cast, though. I mean, the fucking uh, Robert Patrick, the guy from uh, Terminator Two, is the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do love him. Uh, he's great. He's he's pretty good in this movie. I think he's like one of the only interesting characters. Even though I think he is, he starts off as like kind of like just the gruff, stereotypical father. I think there is. Uh-huh. I think the one scene in this movie that really works is where they have, where he's, like, crying with the dad at the end. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I think that moment works really well because it feels like the whole movie is building up to that moment where he lets himself be vulnerable with his dad and it pays off because you see, like, brief moments of understanding with the father, but then he ha- just has to double down on being kind of a hard ass because mm-hmm. he was, like, raised, you know, like, with the farm life and, like... I don't know. Like, I like that moment because it, it just feels kind of earned where everything else in the movie doesn't feel earned, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's just why, I guess, lessons in a screenplay is, like, have a dramatic through line, and that's why things will work and other things will not work. Um, which, again, I'm sure in the book, like, all these things are dramatic through lines, but when you're just wa- if you, like, just, like, copy and paste them without that, like, inner monologue, it's not going to translate the same as it does in the book. Um, that's why, yeah, like I said, I think that works, like, that, um, like, I don't know, like, I distinctly remember, like, that whole, like, animal thing, like, getting into the, uh, into the crops, like, I remember that from the books. I kind of liked that. In the movie, yeah, it's like, I think everything with the father is, like, considerably pretty well done in this movie, and I think you could maybe just credit that to the fact that Robert Patrick is just a great character actor, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe that is just, like, the angle of the movie that just worked for some reason. But um, yeah, I thought all that stuff worked pretty well. Um, I think, I don't know. I guess everything with his family was well thought out. It just feels like this is like one of the only times I'll say this, but it's a lineal movie. I think a longer running time would have benefited this movie um, because I did not remember this movie being as short as it is. It's 90 minutes. Exactly. Like I timed it. It, uh, it cuts off like right at the 90 minute mark. Hmm. Um, which, considering how much this movie tries to do, it feels very short. Um, it feels very, like, half-baked in certain areas and doesn't really feel like it uh, pulls it all off. Um, and I, I think with, I don't know, an additional, like, 20 minutes at most, uh-huh. it could have, I don't know, maybe fleshed out her as a character more. I feel like... Um... 
I feel like this is a movie or an adaptation that mm-hmm. I would honestly be happy with, like, if they made another one. I think uh, they can make it pretty good. So, I mean, what, this was a, this was a Disney movie. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I mean, yeah, I, the thing is, though, I wonder, would they do it, like, a limited series, or would they just do another movie? I think that they could, like, I don't know, as long as they make it, like, a little bit more, like, emotionally charged in, like, Mm. a realistic way, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Does society need this? Yeah. I mean, I don't really think a lot of this is, like... I I, I would be... I'm not going to read the book again, because I don't really, like, want to. But I would be curious to, like, at least talk to somebody that has recently read it. Because I want to compare it. Like a third like, grader or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. <That's what's laughs> like, gonna... who else... Who among us is reading? Who among us? <laughs> is um, reading Bridge to Arbithia, and wait. also who among us is reading? So I'm, <laughs> I'm reading, but not Bridge to Arbithia. Um, so I this, my best. <laughs> Excuse me. So this actually makes a lot of sense to me when I'm, because I'm looking mm-hmm. into um, the director of this movie. So the director of this movie is a guy. This is his first movie, uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Um and let's see, yeah. So his entire thing before this movie, it's it's so random. He was an executive producer for the Rugrats. Yeah. And like his the, last name is on that. Uh, what is it? Klasky. Super. Whatever. Yeah, you all you all know what that logo looks like. But that's crazy to me that like he. He well, just, why did he do that? <laughs> well, why did he... Because, I mean, God, let me read everything he's ever, like, produced. He did uh, Rugrats, uh, Duckman, uh, Real Monsters, uh, Wild Thornberries, Rocket Power, As Told by Ginger, All Grown Up. Like, he did all of these. And he's, he just did the Rugrats the reboot on Paramount+. Plus. Like, mm-hmm. he... Although, I don't know if that's just, like, a credit to have credit, because he created it. But, um, but, yeah, like, it's just so weird that the Rugrats guy directed this. And yeah. um, I think that's like maybe their first mistake is because I think one of the reasons why this movie feels like very clumsily like adapted is because you don't have like a I don't want to like disrespect this guy. I'm sure he's very nice, but you don't have a real director in there who's ever like worked with it. And when I think when you're like dealing with this kind of like sensitive material, you kind of have to like have an experienced director in there to kind of like lay the groundwork a little bit better and to me it just kind of feels like the studio did kind of a cheap hire with this one or maybe on the flip side maybe he was really pushing to direct something and he had a lot of clout and this was like a studio favor i could see it going either way but there's like no way in hell like if you're asking me like i cannot imagine that like they were like we need the perfect guy for the job and they just like looked at his resume and they were like yes him there's no way there is no way he was like just genuinely the guy yeah um Um, yeah i just i don't even know who i would want to direct this movie because it's just such like i don't know well, it said, um, okay, so it says the president of Walden Media, 
um, higher. Walden Media is Zillennial Canon. Very Zillennial Canon. That skipping rock. Yeah, very, very, very Zillennial Canon. Uh, and that also is like a part of the Narnia connection because that those movies also start with the Walden Media logo. Mm. Um, and Hoot, Hoot is also. Oh, let me just read that real quick. Um, as far as Walden Media goes, we have holes around the world in 80 days because of Winn Dixie, Chronicles of Narnia, Hoot, How to Eat Fried Worms, Charlotte's Web, Bridget Terabithia, The Seeker, The Dark is Rising, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, The Water Horse, Nim's Island, Journey to the Center of the Earth, City of Ember, Band Slam, Tooth Fairy, Ramona and Beezus, uh, and the list goes on. It, they, they are still making movies today. Um, so... That's crazy. Um, but, okay, so they hire, the president of Walden Media hires this guy. Um, uh, it says, although Cuspo had never made a live action film before, it, quote, didn't worry uh, President Granat in the least. Cuspo stated that he was interested in making the movie because he had the ambition to do a live action for a long time. That's what I just fucking said. But that he didn't like anything until I read this book. He didn't like anything until he read this book. What does that mean? He didn't never, like anything. He didn't like at all ever <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> I think that maybe just is like poorly translated, but I hope so. Or maybe he's only liked this thing ever. Maybe who knows? Um, he described the book as beautiful and said that it moved him. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm just being an asshole. Okay. Bridget Terabithia was cinematographer Michael Chapman's final film before retirement. Um. Huh, okay. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Oh, God, it's the same cinematographer as Hood as well. That makes so much sense. It really does. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so he, uh, I don't know, like, I think it's not like an outright disaster of a movie, I don't think. I think there's plenty of redeeming qualities in here, but... I, I do think, I guess, now that we've done like plenty of investigating, I think we can maybe mark it down to direction as maybe the biggest issue here. And the fact that there wasn't really a core season, not even a season director, just someone with experience. Yeah. And like that. Because as far as I can tell, he didn't even direct anything with Rugrats. He didn't even direct like an episode. He just created and produced. Mm. And like, I'm sorry, but that's not the same as directing. Also, just his first journey into live action. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I say... Oh, wait, he's also a musician? That's crazy. Um, um, yeah, the only reason I say that about, like, even if he directed live... Or, like, animation, that would be one thing. Because, you know, with, like, Brad Bird proved with, like, Ghost Protocol. That you can oh, do. Oh, of course, yeah. The best you film know? ever made. So fucking good. Um, I'm seeing Dead Reckoning this week, guys. It's... By the time this episode posts, I'll have seen it. I'm, so I'm gonna literally like poop myself when I see that. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. Yeah, I think our screening's in Adobe, and I'm gonna, I, I'm, oh, dude, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, hell yeah, I can't even think straight now that I've mentioned Mission Impossible. Um, yeah, but <laughs> let's just end the episode right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think, what would Ethan Hunt do in this situation? The thing is, Ethan Hunt wouldn't have let the rope snap. Uh, I was thinking that I didn't want to say. I'll say it because he doesn't let anything happen to his friends. Um, I. Oh, you mean he would have saved her? Okay. What? What did you think I was? I thought you meant that he would have like survived. Oh no, I was saying like he doesn't let his. No, he would have. He would have helped her. Yeah. Yeah. 
he, you know what he would have done? He would have run from the museum to the forest. Yeah. yeah, he would have, like, jumped over the roof of the museum and, like, jumped from tree to tree. Yeah. I'm just imagining that. Like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I, the thing is, when this movie, like, takes that turn at the end, I forgot that it, like, it all happens in the very last, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Because in my baby, stupid brain, I remember, like, that going on for, like, quite a while in the third act. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like, as you're watching as an adult, you forget that, like, there's a solid, like, just, it's just 20 minutes about, of, like, resolve after she dies. And the weird thing is he doesn't really, not weird, because I think it, that's kind of the point, is that he doesn't really have a reaction to it mm-hmm. immediately, because he doesn't, like, I guess it's one of the things that does kind of work well, is that he doesn't fully believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't understand death, and therefore he doesn't believe it until he, like, goes to the woods. Yeah. Because he just fully believes that she's just, like, in the woods. Yeah. And I think that's like one part of the movie that works kind of well. But it's again, again, it's just like one of those things where I feel like it could be so much better though. Um, but I think that the one thing that it kind of gets right is that I think it's really interesting. Like you said, like it's like the last 20 minutes. It is really kind of good at showing a child processing grief. Yeah. Like, I thought it was very stupid that the school bully, because, like, I don't know, like, when a kid, I hate to bring this up, but, like, when a kid dies, everyone is affected by it. Like, yeah. it's just a weird thing. Um, I thought it was very weird for the bully to, like, make fun of the fact that she died. But I think that, like, him punching the bully was very, like... I don't know, like, he's, like, confused. He doesn't know where to put his feelings. And I kind of liked the teacher's, like, monologue when she, like, pulls him out into the hallway when she was, like, when my husband died, I didn't know what to do either. Yeah. Um, And he didn't really, like, get in trouble. It's just, like, he has nobody to talk to about these feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very reminiscent of uh, one of our favorite movies, Me and Earl the Dying Girl, I think, Uh, has this very similar message of, like, uh, uh, just because the person's gone doesn't mean you have to entirely forget them. It doesn't mean that the uh, the things you did with them or the the world you created is absent anymore. And it's uh, yeah. uh, I think there's like again, it's I think there are so many things in this movie that like almost work, and there are scenes that do work, but like as a, a complete picture, it, it just does not, in my opinion. Um, but it also doesn't matter what I think because this movie already has its place in history and has a, a effect <laughs> yeah. on many people. So it doesn't really matter. But no, I agree. I, I like that moment with the teacher. Like, I, like in the same way that I like the moment with the, uh, with the, uh, the father. Um, I, I do think it's yeah. very weird that the last time you see Zoe Deschanel's character is at her funeral as if like the movie is framing it as if she is at fault. And it's like, well, uh-huh. she's like not. I mean, like, I'm not saying she didn't cross a she crossed the boundary, but she's also, like, not responsible for, like, I don't know, a child dying. Like, I feel like the movie does a weird thing where it, like, leaves it, like, open-ended with her. And I'm like, why is there, like, not a resolution with that character that you yeah. set up to be, like, so prominent? Like, 
Because I, I was, like, waiting for, like, one final scene where, like, he cries to her or, like, he, like, has a song for her or, like, I don't know. But, no, like, the la- if I'm not mistaken, like, the last time you see her is, like, at the funeral, right? Yeah, but I think that, like, uh, I don't know. I think that it's kind of a good ending because she feels like you can tell that she feels kind of like guilty for like him not being home that day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, like you shouldn't have kidnapped a child and taken him to a museum. Um, but. Um, like they end off with him being like next time invite her. Yeah, because like he was like hesitant and he like kind of he was like. She was like, oh, did you forget something? And he was, like, staring at her house, like, almost, like, being like, can she come to the museum, too? And then that's when she died, was when he was at the museum. Yeah. So I think it was, like, a pretty fitting ending, I guess. I don't mind... I don't mind the scene. I just wish there was, like, an additional scene. Because I feel like that's a weird note to leave off with the character. Um... But maybe that's just because I have, like, an internal fear of, like, the idea of, like, as an adult, like, having that be an implication is, like, so terrifying to me of, like, yeah. oh, God, like, 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 can you imagine, like, living with that? Like, I drove this kid to a museum and his friend died because I, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But or it's being, like, like, he wasn't, like, home. Like, yeah. he would have, like, been with her. Yeah, and then this yeah. would have never happened if I didn't do what I did. Like, which is... It just... <laughs> I'm not saying it's, like, wrong, I guess. It's just, like, it feels fucked up to me. But I guess that's also, like, the point. Um, So, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> this whole movie's fucked up. It's it's so, like... It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um... Yeah, it's one of the... Again, though, I feel like it does... It is very fitting. I'm sorry to anyone listening that, like, loves this movie. Uh, yeah. I do implore you to... If, you, if you're if you listening to this and you expected... Or like, and you're like, oh, my God, Kira and Adam are talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't wait to hear them talk about yeah. how great it is. And you haven't watched it in a while. I do recommend... Even if you disagree with us after rewatching it, rewatch it again. Because I... Do I have those memories of like loving it when I was a kid, of being very emotionally moved by it as a kid? Mm. Um, you know, I think I have every memory with this movie that everyone else does, you know, in the book and just like living with it and having it just be part of the culture. I remember there being like so many Tumblr posts about this movie, like so many remember this movie posts, so many tweets about this movie. Um, you know, this movie very is very zillennial. It, it, it yeah. is so fundamentally like in our core as millennial people. But I do implore you, if you love this movie as a kid and you're kind of like listening to this pod and you're like, whoa, like they didn't like it. Just watch it one more time, like give it another go. And I maybe you'll see where we're coming from because it's just not I don't think it. I just don't think it works that well. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I truly think say, this is, what? As the kids say, mid. Mid, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that 
this is just the perfect example of like this existed in a time and place yeah i i mean it was a what movie is that was released in 2007 it was definitely a movie that was released in 2007 and it was also based off a book from 1977 so it was from 1970s wait a minute yeah that's what it says what uh, the fuck which i knew it was kind of old but i didn't know it was that old oh yeah Uh, i remember that weird ass cover yeah it's definitely a 70s book um but uh yeah so this is kind of interesting detail um uh, so Catherine Peterson is, or Patterson, sorry, Catherine Patterson, um, wrote this book. Um, she lived in Washington, D.C. Um, the novel was inspired by an incident during that same time. In August of 1974, her son, David's best friend, Lisa, was, died after being struck by lightning. Jesus on, Christ. On a beach in Delaware. Um, she was eight years old. Um, That's the, terrifying. Yeah. Um, the name of the imaginary kingdom uh, is similar to that of n- the Narnia Island, Terabithia, ter- Terabithian, uh, created by C.S. Lewis. Sorry, it's just like weirdly spelled on Wikipedia. Because yeah. um, it's not exactly. And yet, <laughs> and yet both of them uh, like end up as Disney property. <laughs> yeah. Well, OK, so th- apparently in yeah, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the book. Uh, okay, no, wait, I was in Prince Caspian and Don Treader in the book. Um, she said in um, 2005 that I thought I had made it up. Then I re- reread Forge of the Don Treader by C.S. Lewis. I realized that I had probably gotten it from uh, the book. However, Lewis probably got that name from the Terebinth tree in the Bible. So both of us pinched from somewhere else, probably unconsciously. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, apparently this has also been adapted as a PBS series. Uh, but in the 80s. Oh wait, not even a series. As a sh- as a 57 minute short film mm. or TV movie, I guess if you want to call it. Um, yeah, no one really of note in the cast. Just kind of, I mean, it's a PBS series, so I don't really want to be anyone of note. Um, yeah. But okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I would definitely be interested to see them go do another go at it. But I also think it has, like, I mean, I guess this isn't really stopping, like, WB from doing with fucking Harry Potter. But I also feel like so many people remember this movie so fondly uh-huh. that I also understand the hesitation of not necessarily wanting to do it again. Yeah, I think, honestly, it's best to just not rewatch this movie. I think it depends how curious you are about it. Like, if you truly wonder if it holds up for you or not uh-huh. i'd say go for it because i'm kind of glad that i rewatched it in a weird way but now i have the knowledge like oh it's not as good as i remember it being um and if you have that same question i kind of recommend rewatching it if you really do care that much but if you're mm-hmm. pretty content with the idea that a you like this movie and you like it as a kid and you want to keep it that way yeah i'd say don't rewatch it or on the flip side if you are pretty sure you wouldn't like it again no need to confirm that. You're probably right. Like, if, you know, like, but if you just, if you genuinely wonder, I would say, you know, go for it. And as far as like future adaptations go, I don't really think it's, I think it could work, but I do question the necessity of it. I question mm-hmm. 
whether or not we need another go because i think it's it's pretty dated unless you do something like radically different unless you like take a lot of liberties i don't necessarily see the uh see the entire point but kids just don't have whimsy anymore yeah that's true i mean but kira being anti-whimsy uh she (laughs) she won't allow that to happen so um yeah. So I don't know. I uh, I was trying to I was looking at her uh, notable works, and apparently there's nothing else that she's uh, written. Or I mean, there's other stuff she's written, but nothing of like note to me, uh, mm-hmm. other than the great Gilly Hopkins, which is never something I read, but I remember like seeing that at the library when I was mm. a kid. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I didn't know if she was like a Judy Bloom, where like I would know like a ton of those titles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Um. But yeah, this is definitely a scholastic book, fair ass book. This is a very yeah, local uh, library. Yeah. Uh this is a summer reading list ass book. This is a movie you saw once in theaters and a few times at home and then you cried about it and your mom probably had a weird discussion with you about death about mm. it. And uh it's uh it's one of those weird movies that I think we all have a very collective trauma with and I think in that sense I'm very glad we uh we covered it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Uh, I mean, like my only notes for this movie are just like specific things from the movie. Like I, I have a note that says, "Man's closed his eyes, kept his mind wide open, and ended up on soaring around the world." That's kind of like what it looked <laughs> like. Like when he opened his eyes, it was just randomly like a very bad, like CGI, high def, like fisheye lens, like castle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I had that same like note POV. In my head. You were on soaring around the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, wait, let me read this uh, prompt or this uh, uh, paragraph from the Wikipedia page because it actually goes to what we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, under the marketing section. The promotion and advertising for the film was met with criticism and controversy. The filmmakers distanced themselves from the advertising campaign for the film, saying that it was deliberately misleading and made the film to seem about or occurring in a fantasy world. David Patterson was even surprised by the trailer, but understood that the marketing was reasoning behind it, saying, although there is a generation that is very familiar with the book, if you're over 40, then you probably haven't. Uh, wait, what? I don't know if that's true. Uh, and we need <laughs> and we need to reach them. What? Uh, okay uh everyone sorry that's really stupid uh everyone who read the book and, and sees the trailer says what is this this is nothing like the book what are you doing Dave? and i say you know what you're thinking about 15 seconds of a 90 minute film give me a little leeway and respect go see it and tell me what you think <laughs> uh critics commented on the film's misleading advertisement campaign one critic said the film was actually grounded in reality and far more than in fantasy while another thought Far from computer-generated escapist fantasy, this film is an unpretentious and untouching tale of preteen companionship and loss. Sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. Uh, like, I also thought that 15 years ago, too. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the critical reception, as I said, it has an 85% around Tomatoes. Um, a lot of uh, cinema score gave it an A-. minus. Uh, Metacritic, I mean, Metacritic's pretty harsh, and they have a 74 out of 100, which is a pretty good score for them. Like, this, yeah. you know, this movie has, like, it, it won awards, too, you know? Like, it had, like, it, I mean, granted, like, 
Critics' Choice and like Saturn Awards and Young Artist Awards, but like still, like if it had like there were plenty of accolades for this movie. So like, who gives a shit what we think at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, before I forget, uh, I did want to bring up the. Uh, I, I I think I think we should have weekly, which is the common sense media section of the pod. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I I really like it. Um, yeah. So. Common Sense Media says that this movie is a four out of five and good for kids nine and up, which I think mm-hmm. that is a reasonable assessment. And if I'm not mistaken, that is the exact age which I saw it. I think I was exactly nine years old in February 2007. Um, yeah. So I, they're spot on with that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there any iffy content? Uh, parents need to know. That the movie is based on the classic children's novel. Uh, it isn't as much of a fantasy adventure as much as it is a thoughtful drama. The story includes mature themes about loneliness, platonic love, parental affection, family relationships, religious and class differences, and even death. Um, that is an interesting point. The religion was only, if I'm not mistaken, like one. No, I guess it's like two scenes because it's the one scene yeah. when they're in the back of the truck. Okay, I feel like um on that note, um uh I feel like it's just like burned into my brain. And it's just like such like a literature line not like literature, but you know, like it's such like a this is from a book line. Mm-hmm. Like when the little sister Maybell is like if you don't believe in the Bible, God will damn you to hell when you die. Isn't that right, Jess? God's gonna damn you to hell. <laughs> Yeah, I like when he's like when the kid is like he's when she's like isn't that right and he's like it's like eh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh I I like the payoff to that so to speak mm-hmm. at the end when um uh he asks his dad if he thinks she's going to hell and then yeah. what does he say exactly he's like um he said I don't know everything but I know for sure he, she's he's not going to send her to hell basically. Yeah. And I thought that was like a nice moment of like, just like, yeah, I don't know. Just like letting all the, like the religious bullshit kind of like put aside for a second and just being like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought that was very like, again, there's like little moments in this movie where I'm like, Oh, that's like very thoughtful, but I just feel like that's just pulled from the book. Um, so I don't know. Um, what could you talk to your kids about with this movie? <laughs> Families could talk about what made Justin and Leslie such good friends. What do they teach each other? Were they boyfriend and girlfriend or something different? Why is that rare? Jesus. Uh, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why is that rare? <laughs> Damn, they're asking the heavy questions. Um, why was it so important for Justin and Leslie to have a place just for us kids? Do you have your own special place or your own just for Leslie? Um, if you've read, sorry, um, if you've read, the, if you've read the novel, how is the movie different? Parents should encourage kids uh, who haven't read it yet to get a copy. And if you're willing to read, read along. It's a wonderful book. For more ideas, see our discussion guide. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, as always, as we found out many years ago, uh, Common Sense Media is surprisingly based, and we uh, we support them on the pod. I can't Sometimes. remember. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, are they the, like, religious one? I can't remember. Or are they, are they just, like, kind of, like... No, they're, like, the parents' guide. I feel like, I feel like there's one that's, like, very religious-heavy, but I cannot remember what the website is called. 
Um, I yeah, I can't remember. Um, it's so funny that they're still like going though, like, and they even do video games now. Yeah. Like they have like Final Fantasy, the new one, on their homepage. Secret Invasion, No Hard Feelings. Like, can you imagine the? <laughs> I would love to know what No Hard Feelings. <laughs> they gave it a three out of five, and they say it's good for anyone sixteen and older. I mean, yeah. Which again, I would not disagree with that assessment. Yeah. Like I. True. I yeah, mean, I would. It is. It's I'd watch very, it like yeah. 14, yeah. but yeah, like I, I get that's not every kid. Yeah. Um, wait, hold on. I just, okay, real quick before we go, I just want to say, uh, uh, what can we talk about with this movie? <laughs> like I, <laughs> what can I, we I, talk about, Adam? Yeah, okay, let's see. I got it. Okay. Talk to your kids about. Families can talk about Percy's approach to sex and relationships versus Maddie's. Uh, which of them do you tend to agree with more and why? What's the movie's message about helicopter parents and parenting children over 18? Do you think Percy has a healthy relationship with his parents? How does this movie depict drinking and recreational drug use? Are there any consequences for either or both? And why does that matter? (laughs) Talk about gender roles in the movie. Why is a virgin 19-year-old boy considered funny? (laughs) Would Would this story have worked if the main character's genders had been swapped? Why or why not? And how do the characters demonstrate compassion and empathy? Yeah. In case uh, you guys have not seen No Hard Feelings yet, it's a lot of fun. It's a very good movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a good watch. I, I recommend to go uh, see it if you haven't watched it already. Uh, Common Sense Media agrees as well. So. Yeah. Don't just take my word for it. Um, take Common Sense Media's word for it. That's what I'm saying, as I usually do. <laughs> I check there before I see any movie. Um, yeah. uh, is there anything I missed? Any notes you want to read? Uh, we didn't talk about the little sister. Oh, yeah, Bailey. Bailey, <laughs> Bailey Madison, is that her name? Bailey Madison. Bailey with two E's, no Y. Because she's different. Um, so this poor girl, like... Bad for her, a little bit. Yeah, you do feel bad for her. But, okay, first of all, her performance is giving, like, 45-year-old... <laughs> like she, she's like a forty-five-year-old that would like bake you cookies, like somebody, like your friend's mom. That's like, all right, what's the gossip? What are yeah. you guys up to? You know. Yeah. Uh, she's giving that very much. Um, I just feel like I have so many of her line readings like burned into my brain. Like when she like picks up the phone and hands it to Josh Hutcherson, and it's like, it's your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, what else? I have something else written <laughs> down. Uh, oh, at the end when she goes, Tara Bithia. <laughs> Tara Bithia. Um, um I I, yeah. I I mean like you said earlier, the way she says like she's like, My dad says that you're going to hell. Like that's like very funny to God's me. God's gonna damn you to hell when you die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why the bit with her and the Barbies always like was stuck with me where she's like she, like when she's like um do you have any younger sisters? And she's like, no. And she's like, oh. Do you have any Barbies? <laughs> like, no, I, but one very funny part, though, I have to say, is when she says, I have one and a half Barbies yeah. from playing extreme Barbies. <laughs> and she's like, you, like, throw them out the window and you, like, <laughs> shake them around. And like, <laughs> I thought that was genuinely very funny, like, younger <laughs> sibling energy. Doesn't Anna, um, Sophia, Rob go like, uh, like, oh, I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but 
yeah, it's just like the kind of thing where like she was kind of a meme on TikTok. Um, yeah, and Twitter, a lot of Twitter uh, memes about her. She was like a micro meme. <laughs> Yeah. Where somebody like posted like a compilation of her in like a bunch of stuff and was like, I fucking hate this girl. And then like didn't like the actors like respond to it. I can't remember. I don't know. Um I feel like it's kind of like uh that Joe Biden kid, do you know who I'm talking about? Who just like randomly appears in videos. No. Um, he was at like the gaming awards. He's talked about Joe Biden, and then he's just like, and then he's also on like, that one TikTok where like there's a bunch of girls, and he's like, he's like, I didn't realize it'd be with a bunch of illiterate girls who can't even read, and he asked them to like name ten books, and the girls like Twilight, Game of Thrones, and he's like, which he's like name individual books, and then she just like spazzes out because she doesn't, and he's like, do you not know who I'm, what I'm talking about? No, I haven't opened the TikTok app in, like, a year because I'm scared. I mean, good for you, but, like, um, no, this kid, he was just, like, God, he he just, like, he became a meme because he was, like, in every video for no reason. Um, Just, like, the most random video. And then, like, someone would quote for each week and be, like, you'll never guess who appears in, like, 32 seconds. And it's just that kid for no reason, like, in a soccer game. And Yeah. Yeah. Real ones know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that became <laughs> Bailey Madison, where I was like, can you believe she was in this, too? And then yeah. we, we found it out before the pot. She's not really been in that much stuff. Like, she's not no. in that much at all. Yeah. Um, wasn't she the... And I know you said that she was in the Drake and Josh Christmas thing. Wasn't she the girl that they had to, like, get the tree or something? Or the presents for or something? She wanted it to snow. It to snow. That's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember. I kind of want to cover that movie one day. Isn't it the finale, like of the entire series? Like, isn't it the it was, last? like movie? after. Yeah, it's like after the series ended. I remember they did like two of those. They did Drake and Josh go Hollywood. Really and... big shrimp. Isn't that like the or two... the Christmas? Well, I think isn't that the really big shrimp like a two-parter of Hollywood because it's like they go to Hollywood, but then the really big shrimp is only there because of uh they're in Hollywood and they're signing the record label and they have the big shrimp yeah. at the yeah. recording studio. Yeah. Um. I could be wrong about that, but that's my memory of it. Um, and then also, yeah, I I do remember the Christmas special. Unless I'm just flat out wrong about that. That is the last thing they ever made together, as far as Drake yeah. and Josh goes. Um, I do like that there was, like, plenty to pull from. As far as, like, Drake and Josh and, like, Sweet Life. Like, that's so Sweet Life, Hannah Montana. Like, we could cover that one day. Yeah. And within that doing that, fun. within doing that, we could talk about, like the TV shows themselves and our, like our memories with those things. Yeah. Um, so that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One day. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, any, any other thoughts on a uh, bridge to Tara Bithia? Uh, no, I, <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie is weird. I don't know. I am not a, not a huge fan. Had had its place in history. I certainly yeah. have my memories with it. I certainly, it had value in my life at a certain point, and I'll always remember that. But it uh, does not age amazing, and that's maybe okay. That's maybe okay. Yeah, not even in terms of like content, but in terms of just like the vibe. I think just like nuance. You know, you know I just think, yeah. I think there has been plenty of very. 
I don't know, thoughtful and um, nuanced stories about death and a child's perception of grief and all that that have been made since that I think um, accomplished that goal pretty well. And uh, I don't want to say this movie, but as a 25-year-old rewatching it, uh, I cannot really say that um, I got much from it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what happy 150th episode, Karen? <laughs> happy 150th. <laughs> and here's to 150 more uh, Bridge Hell Tour yeah. videos. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next. Yeah, next week we'll be back. Next week. Um, who, who knows with what? Um, but that's your choice. Yeah. I, I guess it is, huh? Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll figure something out. Uh, I'll try to make it epic. Uh, maybe a little bit lighter next week uh, than sure. than this, because yeah. I don't know if I could do another film about death and grief and no. apparently religion and uh, why it's so rare to have getting, platonic friends. Getting damned um, to hell. Yeah. Getting damned to hell by Bailey Madison. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your final uh, judgment will be by Bailey Madison. <laughs> it it reminds me. You leave this earth. <laughs> it reminds me of those um, uh, those uh, Millie Bobby Brown like memes a little bit. Where it's like that she's homophobic. Yeah. Or like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like yeah. heavily religious when she's like not IRL. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, that people can like terrible meme. Well, because I, like, genuinely thought it was real for, like, five seconds. Yeah, I feel bad for her. That's, like, a really shitty meme to, like, put on somebody. It is. It's pretty shitty. Um, yeah. That's, like, I, I felt really bad when, um, what's her name? Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz talked about her, like, body dysmorphia. Um, did you see that? I didn't. I don't think so, no. You know those memes where it's, like people like photoshopped which i think i i find the ones funny that are just like when it's just the head on legs Mm -hmm. um but people and people did it to kim kardashian also but people would take like this one set of like paparazzi images of chloe grace moretz Mm -hmm. and they would like photoshop her legs like shorter or make her like really like muscular or, like, like they would just, like, subtly, like, change, like, the shape of her body. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, a meme for, like, a while. Um, but she actually spoke out about it and was, like, I have really severe body dysmorphia and that affected me badly. It's so shitty. So, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, I can't, I don't know if... Millie Bobby Brown has ever talked about the memes where people apparently think that she's homophobic, but um, yeah, because from all accounts I can tell, she's a pretty uh, cool person. So, but uh, yeah, and also like super young. Perfect. So yeah, yeah, she was a child when these memes uh, were. Yeah, that's why I guess that's why the not to make it serious in the in the final hour of the pod, but uh, uh, that's why I think the Bailey Madison stuff kind of like rubs me the wrong way a little bit because she was so young and uh yeah i don't know how old she is now but i mean god she was so young when this movie came out and that means she was probably about our age so like she's like 23 i think oh is she yeah yeah she um she's on the pretty little liars reboot or whatever oh okay good for her yeah so. yeah um all right well 
we 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 appreciate you, Bailey Madison. We thank you for your service, and we um <laughs> we appreciate you, Anna Sophia Robb, who again I think is also a Zillennial. Oh, uh, did I tell my story about Anna Sophia Robb? I do not think so. No. My first weekend in Brooklyn, I was walking into the subway. Uh, literally one of the first days like that I lived in Brooklyn and uh, I was walking downstairs into the subway station and I saw Anna Sophia Robb wearing a really cool pair of overalls and I said wow Brooklyn's so cool that she's <laughs> was she wearing this was she like dressed up the she, same yeah she was she was dressed uh, exactly like she was in this movie no she uh, you know she's always had this fuck ass bob but it's like a cool it's a cool bob you know <laughs> um yeah good for her i what else has she been in uh like what's, uh, what's... charlie and the chocolate factory you're right she's for Veruc- not veruca salt who's the other one or is she veruca salt i can't remember uh, I know she's she, um, she's a bubblegum girl but i can't remember the, her yeah name. yeah veruca uh, salt is the squirrel girl violet beauregard yeah yeah uh, she turns violet she turns into a giant blueberry Okay, so she was in Charlie Chocolate Factory, Bridget Terabithia, fucking Soul Surfer. Uh, yeah, which we still have to cover. Uh, Race to Witch Mountain, and how could I forget, because of Win dixie Yeah, Zillennial Queen. Literally, which, like, the cast of this movie, like, you know, how could you I, go wrong? I have to wonder how that movie holds up. If, uh, if because this, of Winn-Dixie? Yeah, if this movie didn't hold up, how do you think fucking Because of Win dixie holds up? Uh... Not good, I'm guessing. I don't know. We should watch it. There's no like fantasy elements to that, so maybe good. Yeah, but it's also I was like, thinking very... of that during this movie. But it's also like very like life lessony from what I can remember, like in the same way. So I'm wondering. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll get we'll get there when we get there. We'll cover it. Yeah. It's definitely on the list for any because of when Dixie stands that are listening. We don't worry. We we know we're gonna do it one day. We've gotten your letters. We'll do it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And on that note, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, I do apologize for the person I'm going to become when uh, I see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, but uh, it is a worthy endeavor and I will not shut up about it. I already know because it's going to yeah. the same way Fallout became my entire personality for uh, the rest of my life. Uh, this one will probably also be the same way. So uh, follow me at uh, I'm giving you a warning just so you know, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can follow. Do you want to plug your other podcast or no? Oh uh, no, fuck that bitch. No, okay. Uh, no, okay. Uh, Grossly <laughs> okay podcast. You can follow it on any other podcast platforms. Yeah, you can follow me uh, hitting my rate limit in a post Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny World on Twitter at garlic emoji. Um, thanks, Adam, for just sending me an emoji of a monkey with uh, sunglasses on. Um, <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. Follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon if Twitter still exists. On Instagram at The Zillennial Canon. Give us some ratings, some reviews, and yeah. Sorry, guys. We're just like sending emojis to each other and making each other laugh. Um, yeah. If anybody hasn't seen them, I recommend looking at the like animated Skype emojis. Oh wait, the best one. Hold on. One very tiny thing. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a moaning emoji. It's very funny. Um, uh, so <laughs> um, the very last thing I'll say before we go, uh, that's not about us. It's about another thing. Is uh, if you guys haven't seen Past Lives yet, it's amazing. Yes. Watch it. But uh, that's 
a very heavy Skype movie, uh, which I thought validated us. Yeah, um, the Skype like ringtone just triggers my fight or flight. Like, yeah, seeing that, hearing it in theaters was kind of crazy. I was like, damn. Yeah. But amazing movie. Uh, maybe the best movie I've seen this year. Uh, that and yeah. Spider Verse are my favorites so far. So, if you haven't seen it yet, highly recommend checking it out. What are our recommendations this episode? We we recommended No Hard Feelings. Uh, past lives and now preemptively Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't even let you have your piece on that. I, I really I liked saw it. it. It was good. I saw it. Yeah. It was fun. I had a good time uh-huh. with it. Yeah. I saw it twice. I uh I went again on Thursday night. It was um, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time with it. I think it emotionally works very well. Um. I think it fits very nicely. I, I like it more than Crystal Skull, and a little less than the other three and i think that's a good place to have it yeah yeah all right well if that's it we'll be back next week for a, another installment of uh is this movie good or bad we'll decide <laughs> bye guys <laughs> bye guys <laughs>